please hear God's word from the book of Exodus. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we? that you complain against us. And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. And our New Testament reading this morning is from Matthew 14. When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed those who were sick. That evening, his disciples came to him and said, this is an isolated place, and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, there's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. And they replied, we have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed them, and broke the loaves apart and gave them to his disciples. Then the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate until they were full, and they filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. About 5,000 men, plus women and children, had eaten. The word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Saving God, by your Holy Spirit, carry us to the meaning of your word, a blessing that we will treasure in our hearts and souls. Amen. So there we were, dating and coming from some very similar places and yet being radically different. You know how it is when you first fall in love. You want to get to know everything you can about that other person. 
You find yourself trying out new things that they enjoy, things that were never on your radar. Things like hiking, or camping, or country and western dancing, or maybe going to a musical concert, such as the symphony or even the opera. And so it was with us. I found myself with hiking boots, and he found himself with a season ticket to the opera. When my birthday rolled around that year, he got me something very personal, something I had long wanted, opera glasses. I had often seen those regulars at the opera with those gorgeous mother-of-pearl opera glasses, and I wanted those too. I opened that beautifully wrapped box and took out those longed-for glasses, only to find camouflage binoculars. Oh my, what kind of a gift is this, I thought. And isn't that the way we are so many times when we respond to God's gifts? We receive them and think, what kind of a gift is this? That's exactly what the Israelites did, isn't it? They were given the gift of freedom from oppression and what did they do? They whined. They complained to Moses and Aaron that they wished God had just let them die in Egypt rather than starve to death in the desert. But what did God do? He provided manna from heaven every day. And what did they do? They still complained. They didn't appreciate the gifts of freedom and food that they had been given. And we know that they didn't trust God because they tried to hoard the manna. God had to teach them to trust by letting the excess manna spoil. Well, and the disciples, they were no better, were they? When it came to feeding those 5,000, well, Jesus had just healed the sick. A pretty impressive miracle, I think. Pretty major stuff. And when the evening came, the disciples just wanted to call it a day and send folks home. How could they miss the power and the compassion that Jesus had just shown? It never occurred to them that Jesus would provide the food for that crowd, the gift of food that was right under their noses. Again, God had to teach them by telling them to go and look for it. God is continually giving us good gifts. And just like the Israelites and disciples, we oftentimes miss them. So what are some of those gifts that we miss? Well, the easy ones are the physical things. Food on the table, a roof over our head, clothing, warmth in the winter and cool in the summer, transportation, education, the list could go on and on. While many in the world starve, we gorge. We even waste and think nothing of it. We seem to think that these aren't just gifts. We think that we're entitled to them, things that will just be there for us. In and of themselves, material things are good. God created them. It's just that too often we use them for the wrong purposes or we're not grateful.
just don't recognize the gifts from God. Other gifts from God may include things like relationships with family and friends, opportunities for work, and a place to worship by Canyon Creek. We miss that these are gifts from God, and we continue to take them for granted, not recognizing them for what they are. A story from a friend of mine comes to mind. She's a member of a relatively large church that owns some property on its campus that went unused for several years, years with very tight budgets. It seemed like the church had made a wasted investment in land when they relocated with unfulfilled dreams of rapid growth. However, my friend didn't miss the gift that God had given her church. She saw some raw land that would be perfect for a community garden. A garden that could provide fruits and vegetables for not only church families, but for others in the community. And she saw a place where youth could work together to produce something that would benefit those in need. And Boy Scouts could use their time and energy to improve the garden, to earn their Eagle Scout badge. Needless to say, all of that has come about because my friend saw the value of the gift the church had been given, the chance to invest in property it didn't have to build on. All of this came about because my friend recognized the gift that God had given and used it. Does it sound familiar? Well, it is because it's our community garden right here behind me. Remember how the people in Jesus' hometown responded to the gift of his ministry there? What was it they said when they heard him teaching in the synagogue? Something like, who does he think he is coming in here like this? Well, he is no different than we are. He's just from that carpenter's family down the street. And the scripture tells us Jesus was appalled at their disbelief. Wow. Talk about missing a gift. The opportunity to learn from the master. And then there are God's gifts like grace and mercy, love peace and the Holy Spirit and to share access to God. How often do we miss these gifts? Do you always recognize them when they're right in front of you? When someone extends grace to you or love? Or what about a moment of peace in the midst of chaos at work or at home? If you're like me, you often miss those gifts. In my last job, I traveled almost every week. One week I was flying home from Charlotte, North Carolina, and had what turned out to be the most delightful travel experience. Now I know those of you who travel frequently think that's a hard thing to believe, but it really turned out to be. As the passengers were boarding, they were schlepping luggage, and they, it was the end of the week, all of us had put in long, hard weeks, and you know, if you're like me and want to sit on the aisle, then you get bombarded by the luggage coming down the aisle as they're coming through. People were relatively grumpy. And then a young couple got on the plane with this adorable little girl, and they came and sat right behind me. Well, the first thing that came 
sleep for the next two hours. But I decided not to overreact. I decided just to wait until it was necessary to react. <laughs> she was so cute. And so I just let them be. She was so excited. Just after the flight attendants had finished their instructions and it had quietened down a little bit, we all heard this little voice speak up. Here we go. Mama, are we in the air yet? Followed by the most contagious giggles. You see, that little girl, her name was Finley, I found out later. Finley was seeing the travel experience through a completely different lens than I was, than most of those folks on the plane were. To see the gift that travel could be through the eyes of Finley, well, that was a gift to me after four long days on the road. I read an article recently discussing how God meets our needs. The author put it like this, God says, I will meet all your needs, not all your greeds, or all your wishes either. Listen to that. God says, I will meet all your needs, not all your greeds, or all your wishes either. That was convicting for me. Especially as I think about some of the natural disasters that we've all seen and read about and heard about in the news. Floods, ice storms, blizzards, tornadoes. And think about those people in Sacramento that are anticipating rain today, even as we worship here. Lives have been lost. Folks were left without power and probably even displaced like those people in Sacramento. And don't you know they crave gifts that we just overlook and take for granted? Gifts such as heat or a roof over our heads, clothing, I imagine those circumstances those people are in, they were grateful for the small things. And what about peace in the midst of that chaos or the hope to go on? I imagine they don't miss the value of those things. So what happens when we do recognize the gifts, the gifts from God? I'll tell you what happens. Extraordinary things happen. The Israelites survived and made it to the Promised Land. The disciples were able to feed 5,000 people. A church community came together to build a community garden and feed the hungry. And a little girl changed an entire plane of grumpy people into happy people. And my camouflage binoculars, well, they ended up being used a whole lot more than those Mother of Pearl opera classes would have been. Not only were they taken to the opera, but they were used on many hikes in national parks and state parks and all kinds of wonderful things to see the gifts of this creation that God has given us. They've helped me see so many gifts I would have missed otherwise. It ended up being a pretty extraordinary birthday present. So this week, what will be your camouflage binoculars?